many of us dream of the Caribbean. We dream of the experiences. We dream of what it must be like to live on an island. But for those of us born in the Caribbean, we dream of a time when we can tell our stories and paint the picture of the life we've lived. In this podcast series, you will hear many stories of what it's like growing up Caribbean. Welcome to the third episode of Growing Up Caribbean. And this episode is a continuation of the last episode I did called Family Matters. My name is Shona Gramble and I am your host. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I have joining me members of my family, the Bramble family, who all grew up with me in the Caribbean, St. Vincent to be specific. First, I have my mom, Sandra Bramble, who's a church administrator and deacon, my sister, Simone Bramble, a licensed clinical social worker and therapist, and Kendall Bramble, an insurance counselor at AAA. Welcome to the podcast, family. Hello. 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 <laughs> All right. So last week, I was sharing with the audience that I grew up in an extended family. I mentioned all of you briefly in the episode, but today, I would really love to have you share your experiences growing up Caribbean, both individual and collective ones. So I have some questions that I've prepared. Are you guys ready? Yes. Ready. Great. Wonderful. Now, first of all, let's tell the audience uh, what year you each came to the U.S. Hello, I'm Kendall. Uh, I came here in... Um... August 25th, 1989. Great. And this is Simone. I came um, in 1988, September. Great. You and I came together. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> That's my sister and my mom. Mommy? Yes, I came in 1980. 1980. I remember that day very, very well. <laughs> so last week I was talking about... Um, you know, growing up in an extended family, how we had really four generations within the same family, our great-grandmother, um, grandmother, mom. And so it was just, you know, always a lot of us in the house together. Um, what, what, how, what, what is, what has your experience been like? Or what's, what are some of the, ex the memories that you have about growing up in this extended family? I'm going to start with um, my mom. It was a good experience being with my grandmother, my mom, my kids in the same household. And what I, I learned a lot from my grandmother. Actually, my grandmother was who taught me how to really cook. Because I would watch what she would do, what how she cooked certain foods and to today, I can cook the foods that she's been used to cooking for us. So, so that was a very, very good experience for me. 
And what were some of the foods that she would make? I, I've heard stories, but please tell us what some of the foods well, were that she, she made. She, she did a lot. She used to do the best bakes and salt fish you'd ever eat. She, when nobody else made Dukana, Tanja's dead. And that's why I learned to make Dukana farm. Watching her, and she made them using the banana leaves, which, which was so awesome. Anything that was available, this woman is able to cook it. No matter what it was, Tanjus can make a dish out of anything. Wow. So Tanjus is um, our great-grandmother. Her first name was Justina. But as I mentioned to everybody last week, that we called everybody Tanti. So I guess the Tan in her name was shortened. The tan, it was shortened from Tanti to say Tanjus. And so when you talk about Dukana, mommy, Tell us a little bit about Dukana, because there's some people, even some Caribbean people might not know what Dukana is. And that's true. So, a lot of Caribbean people don't know what the Dukana is. And it's, it, it, it's one of those foods that you've, you, you're able to make when you don't have anything else, to be honest with you. Because you can get some potatoes. And by getting the potatoes, I mean you may have some growing in the backyard. And coconut, and you can pick up a coconut anywhere. And you blend those together with a few other little things. I don't want to give away my secret now. And you wrap, you wrap the mixture in the banana leaf. I don't do the banana leaves here. What I use is um, tin foil. But you wrap it in banana leaves and you cook it just for about no more than 20 minutes maybe. And it is the most wonderful, wonderful thing you eat Dukana. Dukana. I'm cur Very curious now about where that came from <laughs> so the cooking was awesome tell me a little bit more about um what else was was a good experience for you growing up in this extended family well it was always good because I had a grandmother too who she loved to tell stories and mm -hmm. so we heard all these stories. And she was a very good storyteller. Tanjas was the best storyteller you'll ever hear. The stuff she talked to us about. And, you know, we, we would go to bed laughing at night, even though we were scared sometimes because of the stories she told. But she, she, she was always good at getting people together. And what I remember about that was that she was... She always welcomed anybody to the house. And this woman cooked. When she cooked, she cooked, it seems like, for the whole neighborhood. Because anybody that would come around with was always welcome to, to something to eat, which is wow. was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I and, remember and that folks, growing up. Yeah, and folks yeah. would always be at the house. And, and the reason we know they were there is because they know town just got some kind of dukaner or bakes or something and mm -hmm. so we always had company that for that you know it was it was a it was a wonderful thing that she did yeah oh that's wonderful what about you um simone or kenny uh well yeah we were close knit i mean you know we had um everybody in the house mommy my grandmother um and you guys we all grew up together so we were very close knit um, learn a lot from from the elders. You know, there's always somebody there who you can um, 
you know, look at and pattern yourself at and, and kind of want to be because they all worked hard. You know, mommy worked hard. Um, Tan just worked really hard too. So they were really good example and role models growing up in the household. Um, and just, you know, having them there um, as, um, as our seniors, you know, was a really great experience. Um, and, you know, I think that has helped mold us to who we are today. Yeah, wow. What about you, Simone? Well, I definitely have to agree with what Kenny just said in terms of um, the work ethic, you know, that um, I think, talk about modeling, you know, I think to this day, and, and oftentimes, um, I have to, you know, pull myself back, um, because we definitely grew up around um, matriarchs. And, and that would be my, you know, great, great grandmother and my grandmother who you know, work their fingers to the bone, you know, and, um, you know, that I think, you know, is, is an ethic that still, um, you know, was very much instilled, you know, in, in all of us. Um, and, you know, working diligently for anything that you wanted, um, because nobody was going to hand it to you, you have to, um, you have to work for it. Yeah, wow, definitely agree with that as well. Um, I spoke a little bit last week about the uh, matrifocal families and uh, our focus in families. And so that was something that we definitely discussed last time. So tell me one of the funniest experience that you guys have growing up in St. Vincent. If anyone can think of a really funny experience that you've had. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the laughing already. <laughs> well, I remember, uh, uh, I remember with Dave, our cousin, he grew up with us as well. And um, my other cousin, Napsy, she wanted me to do something, I think. And I sort of disobeyed her and walked away. And then he, he chased after me. <laughs> we were on our way out the road. He was trying to get me. I was dodging him you know, so he could give me a whooping. So <laughs> that's one of the things I remember. You know, <laughs> with that. I think I have some recollection of that as well, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> Simone, any thoughts? Well, one of the things, you know, I definitely remember, and not necessarily, you know, in terms of being funny, but you know, it exemplifies again growing up in a, an extended um environment, an extended you know, family setting, you know, where you know just everybody pitched in and, and did for each other. And um, our cousin Dave, you know, I remember him combing my hair to go to school in the morning. <laughs> you know, um, and he did, you know, the very best that he could because our grandmother, she, um, she worked as a nurse um, at Lois Pinnett home. And um, she, she did that for many, many years, you know, taking care, you know, of the elderly and, uh, Dave, uh, because she oftentimes worked, you know, night duty, um, Dave uh, would be the, the person, you know, on site who would, you know, be responsible for getting right. us off to school, you know, in the morning. And part of that, because, you know, we weren't old enough at the time to, you know, kind of comb our own hair. Um, and, and he would do that. Yeah, he would plait our hair for us. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was, I think he was like the father figure too, as well in the house. Yeah. In terms of, yes, you know, yes, the absolutely. disciplinarian and, and looking after us and making sure we're okay. And 
he was good in math. He would help with the homework and things like that as well. Yeah. So, yes. Um, he, he does and, that. and he I had to, and I definitely remember ironing his jeans <laughs> with, with seams, <laughs> with seams in them. Yes. <laughs> so quite polished. He was quite the polished guy, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I know Dave very well. I actually mentioned Dave the last time. So, um, you know, if anybody who looked at the last episode or listened to the last episode, you would have heard me speaking about him helping me with my math homework before school. Um, what about you, mommy? Any funny stories? You definitely lived there a little bit longer than we did. <laughs> well, the stories that I have, they're not, not that they're funny, but what I remember was that in our household, um, at Christmas time, we always were able to send stuff to the neighbors, and in so doing, we got a whole lot of stuff back from the other from the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you you send stuff to the neighbors, and before you knew it, you got a pile of stuff coming back from them, which was a wonderful thing that everybody reached out in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Nice. So what are some of the um, unusual words that you remember or phrases that people said back home that have kind of stuck with you? Moon run till they catch them. <laughs> and what does that mean, Kenny? <laughs> well, it's like, like I, I was talking with Sandra the other day, we were driving home and we were looking at the moon and I'm like, the moon goes into the day and then the sun comes up. And then the moon is still there sometimes in the morning. So, you know, the moon runs into the day and the sun catches up with the moon, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. that's, I think that's pretty much what it means, you know. But we say moon run till they catch them. Uh, that's one of the phrases phrase yeah. that I'm familiar with, uh, you know, that we grew up with. Yeah, that's cool. What about you, Simone or Mommy? Um, I, the one immediately comes to mind is <laughs> just thinking about my cousin Doran. Is don't follow Wedo. <laughs> Wedo could hop. <laughs> oh, what exactly does that mean, Simone? In, in, in our well, I mean, I think it means you know you really can You have to kind of you know try to be you know independent and oh, you know don't don't always be in don't be influenced mm -hmm. by you know other people. Yeah. you know because that could you know. You know, you don't know what's necessarily what's going on, you know, right. in terms of what other people are doing, right. you know, and they might have some, you know, skills that you don't to get themselves out of whatever situation. So, this is true. you know, weather could hop. Well, I remember, I remember there was um, this phrase, um, oh my goodness, um, and it just completely slipped my mind, but um I'll try to think of it again, but mommy, in the meantime, do you remember anything um, unusual that we would say? Well, there are many things, not what you would say, but there are many things that you hear. And um, it wasn't from only from the country that people spoke the way they did. People around you spoke in a way that you didn't understand a thing they were saying. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's because of our, our broken English or, yeah, or that, um, that, Creole. That, the broken where going? What does that mean? Where going? Mm -hmm. Where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. One of you the know? phrases I remembered 
specifically is people would say things like late invitation is for dogs. And <laughs> I don't know who came up with that, but it's basically, you know, if somebody invited you to a party or to an event and invited you the day of that, that was not acceptable. So basically, you know, the person who's being invited would more than likely say, you know, no, I'm not going, but they wouldn't say it like that. They would say, mm, me ain't going late invitation is for dogs, you know, and it's just certain things like that, that, you know, I haven't heard anywhere else. <laughs> it's just yeah. one of those unique kind of phrases that we kind of have in our, um, in our vernacular there um, in St. Vincent, which is just so interesting to me. Um, yeah, I mean, there are just so many things right, that we can talk about. Um, how often do you guys get to visit? And I, and I know the answer here, but people always ask me that question. So for each of you, how often do you get to visit and how often would you like to visit St. Vincent? <laughs> Not often enough. <laughs> the last time I went home was 2006. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, it would be nice to be able to do it maybe every two, three years. Yeah. If possible. Yeah. Simone, mommy. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a while, you know, and, and certainly there's always something that comes up, but definitely um getting back there, um, you know, hopefully after the pandemic and safe to travel, you know, definitely want to do that. Yeah, certainly. So I'm gonna take a, a short uh break here and when we come back I'm gonna I have a few more questions that I have to ask, so I will be right back. Now we're back and I'm speaking with my family members, my mom, my sister, and my uncle, Kenny. And we just enjoyed the first part of that so very much, but I definitely have some more questions. Now, what is the strangest thing that you guys have ever eaten? living in St. Vincent in the Caribbean? Well, you know, it probably isn't strange to us. It might be strange to other people who don't live in St. Vincent. You know, I, I'm i a big lover of um, fish heads. And um, when I tell people that I eat fish heads, um, they, you know, they have a reaction that's like, what are you doing? That is gross. Um, but, you know, so, so I think, you know, it may seem strange to other people, but, you know, because we're used to it, it may not be strange to us. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kenny? Oh, wow. It's, it's a lot. I mean, it's just so much because I think when we say, for instance, kill a pig or something like that, you pretty much use everything on the animal. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about mm -hmm. tripe, which I think yeah. is like chitlins up here where um, we eat that, you eat the uh, pig feet. Um, we do the, um, what you call, um, what is it, Simone? The, um, south. South. You know? mm -hmm. um, also iguana, like the iguana eggs and things like that, you know. So when you tell people that here, mm -hmm. you, they just freak out, you know, especially with the fish head. They, they can't even deal with that and the eyes and everything else. But <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing, you know, that's easy for us. So, yeah. You know, those are just some of the things um, I think um, would be strange for them here. Mm -hmm. I think what seems strange to me eating at first when I was a kid um, is Aital. Now, for those of you who um, are not familiar with Aital, it's kind of like a Rastafarian type of 
dish where it's usually vegetarian and you know no meats or anything like that are in it's it's in there and it's made with I mean it's callaloo right with callaloo and rice and other spices and it's really really good but apparently um you know this is kind of something that is kind of um popular within the the Rastafarian community so I mean for somebody who's never had ital before um it it may have a strange taste to them um but anyway that's just because again callaloo is not something that you see in a lot of different places other than the Caribbean so yeah um the other thing I wanted to ask oh mommy did you have anything um interesting that you've eaten well the same thing that everybody seemed to eat (laughs) <laughs> the, 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 the cattle fought the pig yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah and and who do you guys feel influenced you um most growing up in St. Vincent Well, I, I think we'll go. We can go all the way back to to Tangis and and mommy mm-hmm. um, as our influence and role model growing up with them, and just kind of patenting their hard work and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would go back to that. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to think about you know your childhood without thinking about right. our great grandmother Tangis and um, and and mommy uh, grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, particularly for, you know, um, Tangis, I mean, she, you know, I think, you know, influenced the entire family. Um, yes. I don't think there's anybody, and particularly with, you know, um, my generation and older, you know, who won't have a story, you know, about how they, how she impacted, you know, their yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. And extremely smart. I mean, you know, she didn't go to school, but, you know, very smart, very, you know, knew a lot you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah. and And she was the best gardener ever and i think that's probably where i get my green thumb uh, (laughs) because she could you know plant anything and have it flourish and thrive yeah and um right now in my office um i have this um all these plants and you know i have you know tons of plants in my house you know as well and it's hard to you know not think of her you know, when, um, when I see those, when I see those, when I, when I see those plants. Yeah. yeah. But mommy, isn't there a story about, and I, and I noticed to be true, cause I remember seeing her making, um, wreaths for funerals. Um, she was so good at gardening that, you know, that they would ask her specifically to create, um, these beautiful wreaths for funerals. Well, what she also did was that, um, um, she, she grew roses, especially for the church. And nobody could cut them roses but her. And every Saturday, she had roses to send to decorate the church. Wow. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. I mean, I could even imagine her right now. I could see her right now because she always wore like a, a head wrap on her head or yeah. a head tie. We would call it a head tie, you know, when she was outside doing her gardening. And the thing is, uh, you know, our great-grandmother who you, you, you have been all hearing us say called Tangess, she was this small woman, you know, she was very small in stature, but she was very strong. Oh, 
mighty. In so many ways, oh, she, she was, was mighty. Oh, this woman, this woman, you you didn't go hungry if she's around. Because yeah. if she had to climb the breadfruit tree in the yard, she will. And she did. Yeah. There was a breadfruit tree when we done bottom tongue that was in the yard. And if Tan just needed a breadfruit, she didn't wait and call anyone. She went up in the tree herself and got the breadfruit. Wow. Yeah, that's what she, that's the kind of person she was. She she will do whatever it takes to 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 feed her family. Yeah. A lot of drive. Sounds like she really had a lot of drive. Oh my goodness. And speaking and speaking of church, you know, we mentioned church a little bit earlier. Um, what are some of your, your memories of going to church? <laughs> I know I certainly have some memories of my own, but tell me what, what are some things that kind of jump out for you guys going to church back home in St. Vincent? Well, you know, it was, um, church was very much part of, you know, every, you know, was part of life, you know, in terms of, it was almost a given, you know, that every Sunday, you know, you, you would go to church um, and, and um, services, you know, when we were growing up, actually started at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> so it would be walking, you know, getting ready and walking, walking to church, you know, in the morning and then coming back and making um, Sunday um, lunch. And usually Kenny, Kenny would be cooking Sunday lunch, making shepherd's <laughs> pie, <laughs> macaroni pie. Macaroni pie. <laughs> That's one of the things I think because of, um, you know, our grandmother and great grandmother's influence, most of the men in the family, they know how to cook. You know, our uncle Dave, uh, cousin Dave, he, he's the baker in the family along with my mother, but he, he bakes bread for everybody yep. these days. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking salt bread and sweet bread, which, you know, for those of you that didn't grow up in the Caribbean, you know, when, when you made those breads and you can smell them, you know, baking in the oven. You know, um, I remember when we had an outside kitchen at one point before everything went into, before you really started having like, you know, ovens and stoves inside the house. I remember we had a little kitchen outside where they would do some cooking and roasting and different things out there. So that just kind of took me back to, you know, again, going back straight to our roots where people just did what they had to do and, and use whatever they had. To, to, to make these wonderful foods and, and, and bake these breads. I remember seeing the outdoor ovens that people made from these um, kind of oil, oil drums. drums. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's where yeah. I learned to bake, um, yeah. using an oil drum. Get mm -hmm. that oil drum, you put a coal pot in the bottom of a it cup. with some right. coals, and you put the, the, um, the, the, the wire racks inside with some fire on the top of the drum. And you had a door, and then a door so was cut, cut out of the that... of the drum, yeah. and mm -hmm. you were able to 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 bake your stuff, yeah. and yeah. it 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 was great. I mean, mm -hmm. it, and then of course there came an electric stove after that. But the thing is that you learn to use what you had at the time, mm -hmm. and make do with whatever you had. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's all about survival, you yeah. know. You 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 had you didn't have all this stuff, but you made it happen. You yeah. you survived. You you ate. We we never went hungry. There's always food. Well, always well, the something. thing is, Sunday Sunday was a Sunday was the big day. I remember every Sunday. Sunday was my day actually before Kenny took over. <laughs> I cooked the big meals on Sunday, and of course. Christmas was also a big day for me where I cooked 
and I baked all the cakes. I baked breads and, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, I had to do for Christmas. And then, you know, sewing all the curtains and sewing all the cushion covers. Those are the things that I did as a young person. Yeah. In St. Vincent, making cushion covers, doing the, making all the curtains for the house. Not that it was so much because it was a little house, but the thing is, I, that's how I learned to, um, to, to sew and to, to do these things because I started to do them when I was very young. Yeah. Wow. And actually, it's funny because I've been planning a, a Christmas episode and I definitely want to have you guys come back and talk about Christmas in the islands because it's, it really is a different and fun experience. Um, and we experience it, yeah, in, in quite a different way in St. Vincent. So definitely we'll have you guys back for that later episode. But about going to church, I just remembered, you know, of course, getting there very early. And it's funny because you get into routine so much that our family always sat on the right side in the pews. I don't know what that was about. It was like certain families sat in certain pews and, you know, like that never seemed to change over the years. I just thought that was really interesting, you know, and of course, we had to always stay back for some kind of practice, whether it was choir practice or Sunday school or something like that, at least for us, our age, when we were growing up. So, you know, church kind of brought us together with our friends because a lot of our friends lived in the same neighborhoods with us. So we would end up going to church with them as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, to add to that, we with the Sunday school, we did that. That was a big thing. Also, confirmation classes, Shona. Yeah. That was also something that we had to really study hard for, and we had to, uh, Father Peter would ask us these questions. <laughs> we had to know the whole book, you know what I mean, before yeah. we get to confirm. So yeah. I think that was another big thing as well with church. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and church was very much intricately woven into... Yeah. A lot of different things. You had just a lot of, you know, I think events, mm-hmm. you know, around, you know, church activities, you know, whether it was the harvest, you know, which was a big deal. <laughs> you had all of these um, um, tea parties, um, you know, that, that was, you know, that were connected, you know, to the church. Um, so just a, a lot of different events, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, you know, just thinking about, you know, the connection to in terms of school, because, you know, a lot of schools, you know, in, um, in St. Vincent have, you know, a religious um, foundation, you know, to them. Um, you know, the school that we went to, it's, it's Anglican um, growing up. So, you know, you start, you know, out, you know, your morning at school saying, um, saying prayers and, and you have um, assembly and, you know, prayers are said there and, and it was just very much part of, of you know, what you did. Yeah, and Simone, I'm so glad you said that because this is a beautiful segue into the school environment and and the school experience for us. And, you know, you took the words out of my mouth because I remembered because our school was Calico Anglican School and the church that we went to was Calico Anglican Church or St. Paul's, you know. Um, So and it was all located in this in in the town called Calico. Shout out to the um calicotarians is i think that's what we, they call themselves um so you know we at our school and church was very close to each other but we had to walk to both locations we had to walk to school every day probably about a good maybe 10 to 15 minutes and then we had to walk to church every sunday um but yes yeah, simone as you were saying definitely the the school experience and i remember it was either the headmaster or a teacher that would lead the assembly every morning 
when you arrived to school, you know, very much a thing that, you know, you had to say prayers, you know, in that, in that earlier part um, of going to school. So definitely some different experiences. And I guess when I came here to the U.S., I, when I didn't see that, I was just sort of like, wow, this is, this is very different. You know, I'm so used to um, th that type of um, experience. So thank you for bringing that up. Any other thoughts about school and your experiences with going to school in St. Vincent? Well, school was very strict. Um, <laughs> I think probably, you know, most people would probably describe it that way. Um, you know, back in the day, I mean, um, you had to be very disciplined, you know, certain things that you couldn't do, like you know, chew gum in the classroom. I remember when we came to the States and, you know, we went to school for the first time. And number one, you know, kids here, you know, didn't wear uniforms. And that was something that we were always used to, you know, and how, you know, folks, you know, talk to teachers and, you know, people who are older than them. That was very different. Um, but, you know, you, you had... Um, you know, an environment that, you know, was very rigid, very strict. Yeah, because when I went to Petersville with Miss Rosalind and Miss Peters, because Miss Peters was there, the headmistress before she died, and she was just strict. I mean, I I hated going to school. I remember being <laughs> outside of the um the gate and she would come up with the strap and she would just go over my shoulder with it. You know, so you know, and you had your uniform, everything had to be, your shirt had to be white, your socks had to be black, and you couldn't be untidy. Everything had to be ironed, and, you know, it was just, you know, <laughs> the whole structure um, of it all was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember that. I remember, um, and, you know, we're talking about primary school here yeah. a little bit and you know even going into secondary school um i remembered just um the fact that we had to wear white socks and white shoes and mm -hmm. the white shoes couldn't even have a color in it like if it had a red stripe or a black stripe or a blue stripe you had to take um this thing um to like a dye and you had to cover you know you had to cover it because you couldn't have any color on it. That was how strict they were about the about the dressing and, and what you had to wear, your dress code. It was super serious and your shirt had to be white and well-pressed and whatever skirt you wore to school or pants, it had to be nicely ironed, especially if there were pleats involved in the skirt, which most schools, okay. you know, they had, the girls would wear skirts that are pleated. And so those pleats had to be just crisp and sharp and, you know, everything just had to be on point. I remember being a prefect, actually, and in my secondary school, and you can turn someone away and have them go home because they didn't meet the dress code. That's just how strict it was, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, but, you know, school was always fun for me and, and, and a great way, again, to socialize with friends. And But, you know, the seriousness of it in terms of, you know, um, mommy or my grandmother had to go and pick up your report card that's something that we're very serious about you didn't go and pick it up yourself you know it was really that type of structure where you know parents were responsible for doing that and then we can talk about it later as to how you did when we get home <laughs> well that's when I didn't <laughs> want to go home because when you know the results was going to be bad you hang on the tongue for a while 
that was that was scary (laughs) yeah oh my goodness but um what's what's the first thing so thank you guys uh this is taking me back this is taking me so far back and as a matter of fact my next episode is going to be called school um school ties so i'm really hoping to delve in a little bit more into the experience of going to school in st vincent um what's one of the first things that you guys usually want to do when you go back home to St. Vincent? Eat a mango. <laughs> go, to the, go to the beach. Yeah. And go, go to the beach. Yeah. Go to the beach. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And, and speaking of mangoes, I mean, so many different types of mangoes on the island. Um, I just could remember we had a neighbor back in the day who their mango tree was, because we live on a hill. Uh, and they live um, below in the flat area. And I could just remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, when the mangoes would become ripe, they would just drop and you didn't want them to waste. So there would be a race from different households for people to run and get these mangoes when they fell. So Mm -hmm. I remember that, like, you know, running down the hill to try and catch these mangoes when they fell because these trees, it was pretty hard to get these mangoes sometimes. So when the nice ripe ones, you know, would fall, everybody would run to try and get these mangoes. So that kind of came to mind when we were talking about mangoes. But yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely the beach. I think we all really want to just get a soak on the beach once we get back. Um, just to connect, just to be able to connect, you know, with the environment again. Um, so I'm going to take a very short break and then we will be right back. And we're back for the final part of this uh, family um, episode of Growing Up Caribbean. Now, I just have a couple more questions I wanted to ask my family members And one of them is, if there is one thing that they can say that fully describes how they feel about having grown up the Caribbean, what would that one word be or one thing? I would say perseverance. Um, I would say grounded. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Well, you know, grounded meaning that, you know, I think you know, living in a place like in St. Vincent where, you know, we grew up, we didn't have a lot, um, but we, you know, had a lot of, of, of things that were of value to us, you know, um, and, you know, family was a huge part of that. Um, and, you know, I think it's, you know, when we came here to the States, you know, you came into an environment where, you know, there was, you know, a lot everywhere around you, um, at least, you know, a lot, some people, you know, had, um, you know, a lot, but I think, you know, here, um, you remember those experiences, at least I remember those experiences, you know, growing up in St. Vincent and, and that those memories, you know, remind me of, you know, um, uh, you know, who I am and, um, and, um, you know, keeps me grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Same here for me. Same here for me, for sure. Um, is there anyone you would like to give a shout out to? Maybe somebody in St. Vincent, somebody here that you'd like to give a quick shout out to from growing up Caribbean? I'd like to say shout out to Tante Vaughn, one of our neighbors back there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she's always been there for us, with us. Um, one of my mom's best friends. So, I, yeah, I I would like, really like to give her a shout out. She's give a shout out to Vovid uh, and Charles. Yes, as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because last week in the episode, I was talking about just how much our neighbors are a part mm-hmm. of our family in a way, right. a part of our extended family. You know, we couldn't go anywhere without greeting everybody and saying hello, good afternoon, good morning, good night. Um, there was just that respect, you know, um, that we kind of, not kind of, but we had to have for each other. And even though they weren't our true aunties or uncles, we referred to them as that. And I think that's really important. No matter where you were, you know, no matter where you met them, it's even like the school situation where even after you graduated from, let's say, primary school or secondary school if you ran into that teacher somewhere you can call them by their first name you know and, and i think that's probably something that happens all throughout the caribbean there's this thing where you would call them miss or mister or you know some people even say teacher teacher so-and-so or you know mr so-and-so or miss so-and-so um i have a memory of a few years ago i connected with a teacher on facebook and i was calling her Miss so-and-so. And she said, you know, Shona, you don't have to call me Miss anymore. You're grown now. You're an adult now. And I thought, well, this seems really weird calling you by your first name, you know, because it's just something that, you know, as, as, a, as a sign of respect that I think we, we all got accustomed to, you know, growing up in the Caribbean is definitely an interesting experience for kids like us, you know, when we were growing up there. You know, we had the beach that was seven minutes away from us. You know, these beautiful blue waters and, and black sand beaches. And I mean, spending time during the, the, the um, well, I, wanna, I don't want to call them summer months because we didn't really have summer per se. We have a perpetual <laughs> summer. <laughs> so, you know, going to the beach and having these night cookouts, you know, when there was a full moon and all of that is a part of the experiences that we had. Um, even going to the movies and, um, you know, I think people use the term theater sometimes when they talk about the movies back then and trying to get back home after all the buses were off the road. I mean, those are the types of things that I remember so well in terms of uniqueness, you know, to us because St. Vincent doesn't have like a national or, you know, bus system. You know, we had to rely on private citizens who, who have buses that we would get rights um, or we would, you know, pay for rights to any location we needed to go to. So I think all those things really play into the fabric of, of what our lives are growing up in St. Vincent and growing up in the Caribbean, just these really cool experiences. So, yeah, um, I just really want to thank you guys today because this has been um, really fun just remembering all these experiences and the different people in our neighborhoods and, um, of course, our great-grandmother, who definitely was the head of the household back then. And, I, you know, there was one story I remember about her. And well, I shouldn't say story. One thing about her, I remembered how much she was into cricket. And I also remembered her, you know, smoking a pipe, which was very unusual, you know, for women during those times. That She had a pipe and she smoked her pipe and... You know, that was her thing. She was very, <laughs> she just did her own thing, you know, um, very, very strong woman. So those are some of the memories I have of her, you know, um, cooking, gardening, um, smoking her pipe. And um, 
you know, so it's it's something that I'm grateful for all of the experiences growing up. Um, yeah, so it's it's wonderful. It's really, really wonderful. So that's what I have in terms of for today. Um, we have come to the end of this episode. I want to thank my family again for joining me. And I want to thank everyone joining the program today and listening in. I really appreciate your company. And I hope that you've enjoyed your time with me as well. Um, anything else that you guys want to say as you as we leave the show? Um, Kenny, Simone, any thoughts? Any final thoughts to the audience? Great experience. I think um, we, you know, we were able to get a lot of things out. A lot of memories, a lot of things came up. I think it was a good conversation. Um, and um, hopefully some people learned some things today. Get and I demotivated. encourage everybody to visit St. Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, yeah, St. Vincent is just a beautiful place. Um and just, just so very special, just so very special to all of us. So, you know, thank you guys for being thank here. Um, and as a reminder to, yeah, thank you. And as a reminder to everyone, all of the episodes of this podcast will air weekly on Sundays. So please share the link of this podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to leave a review for me if the platform you're on has that capability. That would be absolutely awesome. If you have questions about the program or you know, anything coming up, definitely email me at growingupcaribbean at gmail.com. On the next episode, as I mentioned before, the topic will be school ties. So please join me next time. Bring a friend or two or more and experience what it's like growing up Caribbean. <laughs>